This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Swing and a high fly ball. Right field and deep. Geyer to the wall. Rays win. Rays win. Rays win. D-Man Toy with a two-run walk-off home run. The Rays winning ways here at Tropicana Field continue. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. On the lineup, he pitches. Adamas launches one way up into the air in the left field. This one's got a chance. Turning Benintendi, Willie Adamas. With his first big league hit, it's a home run against Chris Sale. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Welcome to our latest show. On deck today, Willie Adamas on his first full season in the big leagues. Doug Wagner joins me from Oakland. Plus, we'll have a full look at the minors with managers Jeff Smith and Ronaldo Ruiz, plus minor league pitching coordinator Dewey Robinson. We continue on This Week in Race Baseball. Our featured guest this week is Willie Adamas. And, Willie, it's been, I think, a little over a year now that you've been in the big leagues. Tell me what you've learned in the last year um, about yourself. Uh, I guess that. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me again. I just, I guess that that I never give up. You know, I've been, I struggled this this past year. You know, like a lot, but I guess like I learned how to bounce back and just not give up when I'm not doing good and just keep doing myself and just keep like trying to just be me and not just trying to do more than what I, what I can do. Who has been most helpful with you when you go through tough times? Uh, beside my family, like Carlos Gomez was really helpful last year. And my guy from from back home, the guy who trains me, his name is Angel Gonzalez. Uh, I would say Duffy, too. He, he helped me a lot. And Montoyo was really helpful last year. I would say right now the guy that is helping me the most is uh, Duffy. You know, he's been with me just trying to help me through the you know the bad times and just trying to trying to tell me how to do things when when they're not doing good you've had some good times too yeah. how have you grown do you think this year i don't know say like i've been i've been trying to get my consistency and like my personality my pers- personality i think it, it got better and, and based of like when i'm not doing good i just trying to like i've been being myself you know not trying to like change or like because I'm not doing good and I I guess that's what I grown the most uh, through this time in the, in the big leagues. How much has Justin helped? Um, because it's he's he's new to the organization and how much have you talked with him during periods and what things does he give you to help you? He's really good. And he's he's I think one of the best uh, uh, the best thing that the race could have done. You know, just to trying to get him and. This year, I had a conversation with him in the beginning of the year. You know, I, I was not really having my best first c- couple of weeks. And, and we had a, a lunch together in, in San Francisco, and he really helped me a lot. You know, 
like in base of my mentality because I was kind of like kind of like going like down you know like I was not being positive like I I I'm always positive but like I guess in the beginning of this year I was just I don't know struggling that much that I was not being myself and he he helped me to try to find myself back do you think you were trying to do too much not really I don't know I was just not feeling like myself I couldn't I was trying to find my, my, my timing back, and and I was just thinking too much, I guess. How much, you know, it's natural. You're only still only 23 years old, and I think sometimes we forget that. How long did it take you to get over not having Jake around here? Because you have been such good friends for so long, um, and the trade in the off season. I, I hadn't even asked you about that. Uh, what can I tell you, man? It's just, it's been a rough time, you know, without him here, because, like, like you say, we became, like, a really good friends and and I think I got more like more calm when I saw him uh, in Cleveland because I know he you know he's he's feeling good there you know they treating him good there and this is baseball you know, that that's gonna happen you know every time I feel like every time I be, like I become like a good friend with somebody or either I get traded or the <laughs> other guy get traded because I me and Arch we were really like good friends too and he just got traded when I got here. You know, we were talking about when I, you know, when I get to the big leagues, you know, we're going to do so much together. And as soon as I got to the big leagues, he got traded. And I was like, wow. And then JB got traded. And I'm like, what's going on? Maybe <laughs> then, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But, like, I feel I feel that's just part of the game. Like, you get used to, to when somebody gets traded, just to, you know, to see him in all the team and just to feel like, that's going to happen every time. And there's another guy on the Cleveland team that I know has helped you a lot in Francisco Lindor. When you went there and won three out of four games, did that mean something? Because I know how much of an emphasis you put on trying to win. Yeah, it means a lot. <laughs> Actually, uh, Cash told me that. He said, do you want me to put like a post of, of him in your locker so you can play like that, like like you play on, on Cleveland? Because like, I feel you play so much better here because he's, he, he's here. And I just, you know, like, that's the guy I look up to right now because he played the same, you know, we play the same position. And honestly, I I, try, I, I, I think I'm trying to be like him, you know. I want to play the game the, the same way he plays the game. You know, he, he seems like he's always having fun. And he, he's he been really helpful with me, you know. We've been training together this past two years in the offseason in Orlando. And I think I got a couple of things that I took from him, you know, just to smile every time and just to, have fun and enjoy this game because that's what it is. It's just a game. Do you talk with him much during the season? Did you talk with him much in Cleveland? Uh, yeah, we talk a lot when I was in Cleveland. We all, we were we were about to hang out, but his family was there and something, you know. And but we talk we talk uh, we you know we send texts during the season, you know, to check up how he's doing or how I'm I'm, I'm doing, and he just always giving me advices. The series that you also had in Detroit to go back there and have the set you did and see this team win a series too. What did that mean? Because that was the first time you went back. Yeah, I felt, like, I don't know, I would say it felt special. You know, that was my first time in Detroit. Uh, that was the thing that I thought I was going to play in the big league with. And for me to go play there, win the series, you know, like do good against them, it was like, I told myself, I say, you got to show them what they trade for. You know, like, why? Like, I, I felt so good there and then they, all of a sudden, they traded me, the first my first year in the state. So I was like, "Wow, they didn't like me. They just traded me for like half of the season for a price." 
And but I get I get it. It's just part of the game. But to me, I just told myself I gotta show them, you know, the kid that they traded for. Was it hard to not to try too hard? Because that would be natural to try and do too much against them, and yet you had a really good series. I guess I was not trying. I was just like, just being me and just trying to show them. I was. I don't. I don't think I was just trying too much. I. I was just enjoying the game, and you know, especially we were winning. So that's the most important thing that 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 is is it could happen to me. And you've always been on winning teams wherever you've gone. How important is that to you? And is it easier to deal with struggles personally when your team is doing well? Yeah, of course. It's always if you're doing bad but your team is doing good. It's like you not even feel like that you're doing bad. You know, it's like. Oh, we're winning, so it doesn't matter, you know. At the end of the day, the most important thing is win. So, like you said, I, through the minor leagues, all, all of, like I always win. I, I think I, I, I like to win, you know. I don't like to, to lose. And, and when you're doing bad and your team is winning, it's, it just calms you down because, like, you can't deal with the struggle when you're winning. But when you're not winning, it's like everything is just so tense. It's like... Everything is just seems like it's doing bad and it's getting worse and worse and worse. Are you that competitive in everything or just baseball? No, I, I'm competitive in everything. I don't like to win, to lose. I, I hate losing, but that's just that's just how I am. I, I just, I'm just a winner. I like to win. You mentioned earlier in the interview, Matt Duffy. Has it been tough to not have him with you all the time? Because when he's been rehabbing, you can see him at home, but not on the road. Do you talk much with him? You know, or text when the team's away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sent me some texts. Uh, you know, once in a while. In the beginning of the year, when I was struggling, and I had a like a good game, he he sent me a text to say, "I told you, you know how to hit." <laughs> so he he's just really helpful. But like you say, it's been rough not having him on the road because like he's I would say he's like the vet guy on, on, on in the infield. So you know, this year we haven't got him. Uh, on the on the infield during the games, but he still like help help the guys, you know, send 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 the guy a text or I don't know maybe call call the guy or or do something to trying to help the the the, the guys. And hopefully closer and closer to getting back on the field yeah, because I think he helps in a lot of ways. Yeah, of course, you know he can, he he's a great player. He can hit. He show she show us last year that he's a, a great piece in this. Uh, um, team your family i know how close you are to them when are they coming to see you do you know yet yeah they're coming in uh the beginning of august because like my sister get off of school and and at the end of the month in july so they're coming in august for the whole month they are always um they give you a little bit of a boost yes yes every time when my mom is here i rake i don't know <laughs> i don't know what it is i don't know if it's the food or if it's a treat that they they gave me but I don't know. I always do good when they're here, so I can't wait for them to come. Does she still send you? Does she send any food, or or uh, have you found a place that's close to mom's food, any kind from the Dominican here in Tampa Bay, or no? Uh, not really, <laughs> not really. But like when I go to New York, uh, you know, I had a lot of family there, and they they cook for me. So that's the, I think that's the closest that I ever get, you know, to my mama's food. Favorite dish she makes for you is what? Uh, like food? Yeah. She's uh, she make the she make everything I like. She do everything I like. When she's here, she just cook whatever I like. She, but I like I like it's like rice with corn. 
they call it la locrio and she make like some smash plantain with ground meat with cheese it's called it's called pastelon and she always made that when she's here and that gets me going you can't you can't make it yourself yet? Nah, it's too hard <laughs> i can't i'm not that good cooking when you are off the field what do you like to do to relax because i think it's important to not take the game all the way home with you no, i always like when i ha when i have a day off i like to chill you know just to relax to be i like to go to the vinoy park and just see the water see the, the natural and, and see the birds going flying and but that's what i like to do i like to be just calm relaxing you know not thinking about baseball or, or just you know talk with my family talk with my, my my guys and i don't i don't i don't i don't really do too much when i'm off of the field because i I'm, i think i'm a chill person i just like to be relaxed And I know in the off-season you like to travel. What's next on your list? You had a pretty fun off-season last year, right? Yeah, it was really fun. I, last year I went to Europe. This year I want to go to Greece and Italy because I didn't go to Italy. And we'll see. I just I got a goal. If I hit 25 homers and I hit 280, I will go to re Greece. If not, I'm not going. So you got to reward yourself for the I trip. Gotta I, I got to work hard to get, to get, uh, to get that, that goal. And for the team, if this team is to get where you want to go, what what happens the rest of the year? Uh, what you mean, like... What things do you guys need to do better as a group to get to where you want to go, which is obviously the playoffs and to do well in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, I think we, you know, I think we just got, we just have to keep having fun, you know, we just, we're missing a couple guys that, you know, like last now, he's not, he's not here. Alvarado, he hasn't been here, so... I think when we get glass now back, I think we just we're gonna be just fine, you know. It's just I think we just gotta keep having fun and keep doing the little things, you know, like move the runner over and and that's I think that's how we're gonna win. If the the pitching keep doing what they do, you know, keep doing that tremendous job that they've been doing, I think we're gonna be really good and we're gonna get to the playoffs. When you're smiling, this team is doing well. So keep smiling, keep enjoying the game and we appreciate some time on this week in race baseball. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. That is Willie Adamas. We'll continue in just a moment. You're listening to the Rays Baseball Network. Well, let's continue on this week in Rays Baseball, and we take a look at the week gone by with Doug Wechter from Fox Sports Sun, who is in Oakland right now. Doug, thanks for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Anytime, Neil. Anything for you, buddy. This, uh, this has been a, a tough week, probably the toughest you know, couple weeks of the season to this point. Um, and, and I thought getting a win on Friday was so needed, especially after how tough Thursday's loss was. Well, no, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about... Um, a really long road trip. You're talking about a team that's going east to west coast, back to the east coast. So traveling alone has been tough, but you know, you're also looking at the teams they're playing. Uh, New York Yankees, Oakland, and then going to Minnesota. I mean, to be able to get the win, that, that was big. And, uh, you know, it, there's, <laughs> there's no question there's been a little bit of struggle lately, but every team goes through it, you know, and uh, it's just something that you got to weather the storm and what you do. Uh, you know, hopefully you come out stronger on the other end. How much of this do you think is not only the teams they're playing, but maybe a little bit of fatigue? I mean, we're talking 21 games in 20 days, 34 and 34. They started this sequence really well, and it's almost like since they played four and three days in Boston, they've kind of run out of gas a little bit. Yeah, it's that time of year where, you know, fatigue is going to set in. I mean, these guys are playing every single day. It's kind of getting to the dog days of summer. You know, the road trips don't make it any easier. The traveling doesn't make it any easier. And, you know, that ulcer break is just around the corner, and these guys know it. And so it's kind of one of those things where, as a player, 
you're just trying to string together the best first half you can and finish strong this first half, get that all-star break. Give yourself a little chance to you know, take a deep breath, regroup for the second half of the year. The biggest issue, I would say, in here in the month of June, maybe you'd think differently, I think is the pitching. As good as it was in April and May, it's not been nearly as good in June. It really starts with, with Blake Snell. What do you think is, is wrong or not right right now with Blake? Is it more mental than physical? No, um, you know, pitch selection is always a questionable thing, but when you got so many good pitches, it's easy to say that you can attack a, a hitter with, you know, your fourth best pitch and still get away with it. You know, I wouldn't say so much as mental. I, I think that uh, there are some physical things to it. Uh, you know, mechanically, I think he's fine, but um, just maybe getting back in the strike zone a little bit more early in the count to be able to set yourself up to put batters away. You know, maybe attacking the zone a little bit more, pitching toward contact instead of, you know, going at the corners and then, uh, you know, finding yourself falling behind pretty often and then having to work behind the batter. So I think early in the count, if you can be a little bit more aggressive, you'll start seeing things change and uh, start seeing things go his way a little bit more. I mean, the pitches themselves, the action on the pitches, everything looks great. Everything looks like they were last year. It's going to be that fine-tuning of the aggressiveness early in the count. I think when that changes and when that does happen, uh, you're going to see him exactly where we've seen him in the past. Doug, from a, and I guess when I said mental, I guess I was thinking more from a mentality standpoint. You talked about, you know, attacking in the strike zone more. Is that, a, you know, a, a mental outlook to to be willing to pitch to contact versus trying to maybe nibble a little bit and trying to get guys to chase? Yeah, I, yeah, I absolutely think so. That uh, you know, the aggressiveness is there, and when you start turning it up a little bit more and change that focus to wanting the players to make contact. I mean, a lot of times as a pitcher, I went through it a lot. You go out there and you think, okay, well, i got to make sure to uh, try to get ahead of everybody and i got to try to get them out on the first pitch. And instead, you end up falling behind hitters. Uh, when you have the attack mentality and when you're pitching contact, you use a lot more of the plate earlier on in the strike zone or in the uh, at-bat. You start finding yourself ahead of the batters more often. And when you're in, you know, counts that favor you as a pitcher, it's that much easier to get the out. And, uh, you know, that's what we're seeing a little bit of is just all my batters. So once that changes, you're going to start seeing, uh, you're going to start seeing him exactly where he was last year. And, you know, he, he, we all know how good he can be. And, uh, you know, the struggles go through everybody's career at times. Uh, you go out there and it's a long season. You're going to go through stints where, you don't exactly throw the ball exactly how you want to, but that being said, small minor tweaks, and maybe it is the aggressiveness early in the count. You know, these small things can be adjusted when they are. I think we're going to see them where we've seen them in the past. Let's look at the same at the bullpen. Obviously, this group, I think, is missing Jose Alvarado, and he's been out a bit, the better part of the month. How much of that do you think has trickled down, the fact that he's not there and has impacted Diego Castillo, who obviously had the very tough night on Thursday? Well, I think it has impacted. Anytime you take an arm out of a bullpen like, you know, Alvarado's, that's a big deal. You know, he's one of the best arms in the big league at times, and, you know, we've relied on him pretty heavily. And so you take one of the best arms out of the bullpen, everybody else has to step up. You know, it's one thing to do it for maybe three, four, five games, but when you have to cover a few weeks at a time, it's really tough. You know, it really is. And so, you know, it's just one of those things that, they're going to have to continue to battle through. And, you know, from what I understand, uh, Alvarado is getting close to coming back, and I think it'll be a you know, big sigh of relief when we do see him in the dugout and in the bullpen. 
uh, even armed that anybody would want in the big leagues in their bullpen. Uh, we'll be looking to have him when he comes back, and until then, you know, the guys are just going to have to continue to keep it together. But you have guys throwing the ball extremely well, too. I mean, Emilio Pagan is one mm-hmm. of those guys who's come around, and you know, he's shown himself to be able to handle just about any situation. Stuff-wise, you know, the slider looks great. He's throwing at a higher rate this year than he has in the past, and it's extremely, he's located well, and it's, it's extremely hard to hit. So he's utilizing that pitch very well and uh, uh, doing a good job with it, and I think he's one of those arms that could continue to uh, get into these situations where tight ball game and we need, to, we need a couple outs and don't hesitate to go to him. Kevin Cash certainly has uh, shown a lot of confidence in Emilio Pagan, no question about that. This is the last uh, game for the Rays before they get their last day off before the break. From a mental standpoint, how much does a day off help, do you think, and how much uh, how much would it do for this group just to go into that day uh, before the Twin Series getting another win? Well, who wouldn't want a day off, Neil? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what job you're in. No, I'll tell you what, these guys deserve a day off. It's been a hard trip, uh, you know, just to travel alone. We already talked about it going from Yankee Stadium out to the West Coast and then having to go back to Minnesota, who's one of the best teams in the big leagues. You know, it, it's one of those things where these guys need a day off, and it's well-deserved, and uh, hopefully everybody will be able to get out there to Minnesota, take the day, and just not think about baseball. Just have a mental break as much as a physical break. And uh, over the course of 162 games, it's something that has to happen, and I'm sure you guys look forward to it. Well, Doug, we appreciate a few minutes. Uh, good job out in Oakland. We'll see you on the pre- and post-game, and uh, thanks for being with us on this week in race baseball. Absolutely, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Neil Solon's with you, and coming up on this week in race baseball, we'll look at the minor league side of the race with two managers in the system and minor league pitching coordinator Dewey Robinson. You are listening to the race baseball network. Well, let's continue on the minor league side for the Rays, and uh, let's take a look at the Charlotte Stone Crabs, who were above 500 in the first half and now trying to hope to get in the postseason here in the second. Their first-year manager is a guy who spent many years in the Twins organization, Jeff Smith. Jeff, thanks very much for a few minutes. I really appreciate you having me. I really do. How do you? How did you characterize your first half? It appeared on paper that you guys really had to battle through a lot of injuries and still came over on the plus side. No doubt. You know, I think the biggest thing was, you know, we did have injuries, but I don't usually like to use that as an excuse, but really looking at our start uh, and where we ever can. We started the season right around that 3-11, and 3-12 and 12 mark and ended up uh, four games over 500 that first half. So I, I was extremely proud of the guys. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good team, real good chemistry in the clubhouse. I mean, guys that really get after it, and other guys, you know, a few guys went down. We we, we weren't with our starting lineup uh, that we were projected to have very many times throughout this uh, first half, but other guys stepped up, and they did a real nice job, and the pitching gave us a chance uh, each and every night. Let's touch on some of that pitching. Joe Ryan is a guy who I think probably more people uh, need to start speaking about, the job that he did at Bowling Green first and now how he's been dominant, too, in Port Charlotte. Absolutely. You know, Joe Joe comes to us after having very several good starts up there in uh, the Midwest league a college guy out of california and joe has put together uh, for you know four or five very quality starts down here it's, it's a guy that you're going to see a, a very electric fastball uh, to start out with and and when we usually say electric you know a lot of times you're going to think 96 to 100 range and, and you're going to see a lot more out of joe 92 to 95 but it is a fastball that plays in that upper echelon of uh, 
speed right there. It's a different type of carry, a different type of, uh, of angle a little bit, and a little type, a different type of explosiveness. And one thing we've seen out of him as he's been down here is the development of his other pitches. I mean, his, his cutter-slider uh, combination with his curveball and change are just continue to get better. And the one thing that separates Joe, I, th- I think, a lot is, is the fans are going to see as he keeps going up is just his, his sure competitiveness, too. Staying with the pitching staff, Tommy Romero has evolved nicely, and Michael Plasmeyer looks like he's making a pretty good jump from uh, low A to high this year. Yeah, bo- and both of them. And, and Tommy's been, you know, been with us since that first start, and he takes the ball, you know, every 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 five days, and he gives that goes out there, gives us chance, gives his team a chance to win. And he's gonna. It's one of those guys that, you know, you go out of the start of a season, and, and it's, we'll touch on Plas next, but uh, he goes out there and he's a strike thrower. He can he can throw all three uh, all three pitches that he does use, uh, developing a fourth pitch, all of them for strikes. And next thing you know, he's, he's in the fifth or sixth inning with uh, usually two or two, two or three or, uh, runs or less, and uh, always giving his chance, uh, uh, the team a chance to win, and always competing and always taking the ball. Pla- uh, Plasmeyer, uh, he came up here from Bowling Green, and obviously his, his, his dominant numbers down there also. He's come up here, and, and uh, you know, he another guy. You feel really good when he's on the mound. Um, he comes out there, uses the fastball inside to righties with with a curveball changeup mix, and you know, and, and it's good. And I always say it's, it's good for these guys uh, when they come down here. He started out real well, and then he you know had two or three starts, weren't bad starts, but just a little more competitive probably teams that he faced at that point. And now he, he's he's turned it up a notch, and he's starting to go in the right direction where he keeps getting better and better too. Stephen Woods Jr. missed basically all of last year since he. Could- him over from the uh, the Giants in that Evan Longoria trade. It, how has he fared since returning to action? Right, and we we were real excited to get Steven. You know, we obviously started the season in uh, extended spring training. Like you said, missed all, all of last season. So anytime you get a guy like that, uh, you know, is coaching as long as you do, you, you're excited to get that guy because you know he's hungry. First of all, <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he just missed a year. He wants to be under the lights. It's exciting for him to be back with teammates and uh, day in and day out. And you know what? And Steven, last three or four starts you could just see the progress uh, getting better and better every time because you do see a fastball that's 93 to uh, 96 range with a hard curve and he's using that change up a lot more and he and the big thing for him is he is really starting to repeat delivery and repeat strikes and I give a lot of credit to our uh, pitching coach down here uh, Doc Watson really working with him kind of like like a few, a few different guys really simplified things went to the stretch and uh you know, I think we're counting on him to have good starts the second half and keep developing. Chatting with Charlotte Stonecrabs manager Jeff Smith on this week in race baseball and managing the pitching staff, Ronaldo Hernandez, who I know had to go home to Colombia for a family matter early in the year. It looks like he really has caught on and now is showing why he's one of the better prospects in the organization. Without a doubt, and, I, and I'm really excited about Ronaldo on both sides of the ball, especially with myself also being a catching guy and a, and a guy that really enjoys working with catchers. It's uh, it's exciting, uh, exciting to see the progress on the bat and the progress with the glove and he did you know even even with him going down to columbia he got off to a slow start so a lot of fans uh you know they may see a 275 280 that mark right there is probably a little closer to about a 380 over the you know last three or four weeks and that and that's what we're really seeing he was named florida state league player of the week last week uh before the all-star break where he almost hit 500 or more 
As good as we're seeing the bat keep on developing, I think what we're really seeing is we're, we're seeing a catcher, you know, a catcher, an everyday catcher, really develop uh, his skills in terms of his game calling, in terms of his receiving, in terms of everything that uh, he's gone. I know with Hoove last year, and it just continues with uh, Tomas uh, uh, Francisco this year. It's just it's it just keeps getting better, and, and the plans we're laying out, the extra work we're doing, it's all paying off. And and the biggest thing with Ronaldo, there's leadership skills in there, and there's also a, a kid that loves to play baseball and have a lot of fun. That's good to hear. And I know another kid who likes to have a lot of fun is Vidal Brujan. He and Taylor Walls are your two middle-of-the-diamond players <laughs> in the infield. They're both special kids. They've missed some time, though. How have they handled it, and what have you thought of each in the time they've been on the field? Without a doubt. I think I think when you any time as a manager, it really doesn't matter what level you're at. If you can pencil guys like that in the middle of your diamond, you feel pretty good about your chances uh, in that baseball game, uh, defensively, offensively, and exciting. And like you said, we, we have not, you know, it's unfortunate, we have not had those two guys on the field at the same time as much as we'd like, but that's that's going to soon change here, obviously, with the, with the, with uh, Bruhan coming back and uh, Walsey obviously out there now playing every day. We'll touch on Vidal first, and you know, Vidal's such an, he's a, such an exciting player. Um, he can beat you a lot of different ways, you know, defensively, offensively, on the bases. There's a, there's a guy that he, he can impact the game in so many different ways, and that, that's what you're kind of looking for is, is we, we always stress in the minor leagues and in, in the major leagues, uh, you know, make yourself dangerous, and he, he's dangerous in all areas. And I think some other things that you see out of Vidal is, you know, we've also played him at shortstop, too, and he, he, he's fun to watch over there, too. So he's played both sides of the ball. And then you got you got Walls that uh, – he did miss some time, had had, a, had the quad quad a quad little strain, and got that back situated. And and he, he, another exciting player, um, shortstop that he, I say it day in and day out. You know, it's highlight play almost every night. A guy that can really slow the game down. You know, balls that are hit hard to him. He knows how to slow him down. Knows how to use his feet and uh, really get good hops and, and make good throws across the diamond. And a switch hitter. And I think anybody will tell you, you know, as many good things as we can say about Walls. You know, defensively, offense on the bases, I think a lot of it is, is just a, a tremendous instincts as a baseball player. You got those guys that are, you know, on the basketball court, the gym rats. He, he's a baseball rat, and he, he's he's a guy you love to have on the field, love to have on your team. Good to hear, Jim Haley. Does he fit that same category? Maybe in terms of the gym rat type. I know he made an All Star game. We talked to him last week. Without a doubt, you know, uh, Jim Jim Haley. You know, a lot of these guys played for Albie last year down in Bowling Green. You can see why they were so successful. Albie did a great job with them and. Uh, these guys continue just to gel and uh, just good baseball players. Jim Haley and you know, and I always joke around. If we probably had to have a first half MVP, and it would probably be Jim. Uh, plays multiple position. I mean, he, he he's played third, played short, played second, played first. We know we can play outfield. Uh, kind of done it all, and and, and and hit at a 300 clip. I mean, this guy's hit anywhere from leadoff probably down to six, and uh, was a good representative for us in that All Star game. Even even was in the home run derby, kind kind of the boot, and, and he's really picked up his speed too. Could steal bases, so you know. Jim's one of those guys that he's going to be—he's going to be fun to watch for fans. Uh, kind of go at each level because he, these are the type of guys like Jim that they just keep on uh, performing and pushing the envelope. And that versatility is uh, something that, that that excites Rays fans too. I'm sure Rays fans are excited. Garrett Whitley's back on the field. He missed all of last year due to that uh, shoulder labor injury that he had. How has he fared? I know this is not an easy league when you miss a whole season. Right, and it's 
tremendous young kid, and, and uh, he co- he comes back missing the whole season. And not only does he have to miss a whole season, like you just pitched him, he, he misses a whole season, and, and then just and then comes back to the Florida State League. And if and if fans aren't familiar with that overall, I mean the, the Florida State League, it, it's a you got you know the first half of the season, you have a lot of the team's top prospects mixed in with major league rehab guys, mixed in with you know some guys that aren't going up to the cold weather. So that first half is extremely difficult, and then then you get to the second half where all of a sudden the heat starts kicking in, and then that that's kind of, then the mix in some of the bigger ballparks and all of baseball too. So you got a lot of combinations that that are tough, and you know Garrett Garrett obviously statistically speaking, people are going to look and not really see, going to say you know not not doing as well as he probably would like. But we really try to stay focused. Uh, Zach, our, our hitting coach, and all and our coaching staff, we really try to stay focused on the process with him. We know we missed a year, and, and we're we're really seeing things starting to come. You know, we're we're seeing we talk about slowing the game down. The outfield play is getting better. The the, the base running she's really slowed down. The hitting he had a two, nice two strike hit on a tough slider last night. So these things are coming. It just it just takes time. It's not easy to miss a year and then in this competition. But we we see strides every day. So we're we're, we're real excited for Garrett. Great stuff, Jeff. We really appreciate some time on this week in race baseball. Wish you a lot of success here in the second half. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. And that is the manager of the Charlotte Stone Crabs, Jeff Smith. Now let's take a look at Bowling Green, the other A-ball club in the race system. They were in the playoff until the final weekend of the first half. Their manager is Ronaldo Ruiz. Ronaldo, thanks for coming on. Hi, Neil. Uh, thanks for having me. Tell me what you thought of your team's first half. You guys hung with it uh, right until the end, and you had a lot of changes because a lot of kids got promoted on the pitching staff. Yeah, um, you know, it was, it was a, a really, really nice first half, even though we didn't make the playoff. We have a lot of pitching through the team and the guys that got promoted, and then we got pitches like David Turner and, 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 and Boss uh, got into the uh, rotation. So, yeah, it was, you know, some ups and downs, but for the most part, it, it was a really good first half. You know, certainly uh, w- when we talk about your ball club, obviously we touch on Wander Franco, and, and certainly we spoke a lot about him last time. You know, I saw the reaction when Chris Betts won the uh, the home run derby in the All Star game, and how excited he was. What kind of teammate he has he been for just an eighteen year old kid? No, he's been great. Uh, I think that uh, the whole group has been great with uh, Wonder, even though Wonder, you know, he's very young, and, and, and some of the guys are three years older than him. You know, the chemistry and they, they get along well. Uh, they play hard. They put together, and, and that's a good thing to see in, in, in uh, young. Tell me how has he improved as the year has gone on? Because this is the first time he's going through a real full season. Well, he's, he's doing a really good job. I mean, he, at the beginning he was a little anxious, but then uh, he started getting better and, and, and seeing a lot of pitches. And, and also his workload, you know, still young and still learning how to manage his workload. But uh, so far he's been doing a really good job. It seems like uh, very confident right now and he's in a good spot. You know, I read a story that Jeff Passan wrote about Wander. What stood out was I think there was a there were a, there was a lot, but you you believe that he is is he better at the same age than Vladdy was junior? Yeah, I agree. I saw him. I saw Vladdy Guerrero playing this week. I saw Tatis Jr. I saw Leda Torres, and and say what Wander uh, Wander looks really really good, and, and I think obviously Wander got more more speed and more. Um, he can play shortstop. He can, you know, he can run a few bases and, and but the same same approach of the play. They look so confident, and that's one thing that they uh, guys like Vladimir Guerrero, Tatis 
you know, great show and they speak and, and Wanda is doing the same thing. Where are the areas that you want him to improve the most in the second half, Ronaldo? I think the base running has gotten better. Still, you know, some situations where um, he needs to learn when it's the right time and all the stuff, you know. But the older than that, he's, you know, we just let him play and develop the way he's been developing, and, and, and I think he's going to be fine. But base running right now, I think it's one of the areas where uh, he uh, needs to get a little bit better. How much of that is, um, from what fans don't realize, is a lot of kids, when they're in Latin America, Dominican Republic, Venezuela, they do a lot of showcases. They maybe don't play as many games growing up as kids like do in this country playing Legion ball. Does that play into it, just understanding situations and, and having to kind of play catch-up a little bit? Definitely. Definitely. I think even though, uh, you know, the last couple of years, um, there is a lot of tournaments down in Dominican for uh, young players. Uh, they still, you know, it's more like they showcase a lot, but not many games played. Definitely, I think it's, uh, you know, once they get here, it's not the season. You know, it's a lot of conversation you have to have with the Latin players that, you know, not being spoiled both in, uh, in games. You know, you can notice that, you know, they're a little behind, but Right away, you know, guys with talent like Wanda Franco, very smart. They they learn quick and they they get it quick. I want to touch on another one of your position players, a little bit older. He came out of college. He was in last year's draft. It looks like on paper, Grant Witherspoon is really starting to come along. What has he done better since the start of the year? I think just uh, being out there, you know, just having a bat and playing every day is helping him a lot. And also seeing a lot of pitches and facing lifting the pitch pitchers and you know, just being out there, I think, if, you know, the talent is there, the, the skills and abilities are there, and uh, being able to play every day is helping him a lot. And from a catching category, both of you guys have done some special things. Chris Betts won the Home Run Derby recently. Roberto Alvarez has had a quiet, nice season. What have you liked about each of those guys? Well, the thing is uh, with Betts, you know, being a, a little older, but, you know, his first time in a full season, too, and he's doing a really good job and, and receiving and, you know, behind the plate doing a really good job. And, and offensively, I think offensively, even though his batting average is not that great, he's uh, on base percentage. He walks a lot and also had 12 home runs with 40 RBI. So, he's, you know, he's hitting for power and he's, uh, you know, he's having the opportunity to be uh, an everyday catcher and, and the age too. Being able to play every day, I think, helped him a lot. Same thing with uh, with Alvarez. I think just being able to, being able to play every day, and, and he's not catching, he's DHing, and, and seeing a lot of you know pitchers from both sides, and, and, and just being out there is helping him a lot. And on the pitching staff side, uh, you mentioned at the top a couple of guys when we're chatting with Ronaldo Ruiz, the manager of Bowling Green. Uh, Matthew Libertor and Shane Boz didn't begin with you, but boy, they certainly have impressed since they've joined you. What have you liked about each of those guys? What has impressed you the most? It's, it's very impressive. I mean, not, not only the velocity, the, the, you know, they can they can touch a 98, 97, uh, especially Libertor from the side, you know, from, from left side. It's the confidence, it's uh, the you know, the mound presence, and, and it seems like he's, he's pitching like he's been around for a long time, and he's only 19 years old. It's impressive the way the confidence, the mound presence of both, both kids. Bass is the same way. He, you know, he throws 97, everything around the strike zone. He can throw all pitches for strike, and uh, it's impressive. For eight, 19 years old, it's, it's very impressive. And all the uh, 
movement has also allowed a couple of guys who are in Australia in the offseason to come join you. Uh, Christopher Sanchez and Joel Peguero, two guys from La the Latin American program. And both are doing different things, but it looks like both have put up pretty good numbers. Yeah, uh, both are doing a really good job. I think uh, the fact that they went to Australia and playing in a very um, you know, competitive uh, league like Australia, it helped them a lot. You know, uh, Peguero used to have uh, command issues, same thing with Sanchez, and now they, you know, uh, everything is uh, around the strike zone. And Peguero, we've, we've been using him and laying the game very high leverage situation. He's been coming through and doing a really good job. He's throwing 98, and with a, with a nasty slider, he's, he's doing a really good job. He, I think uh, being able the fact that he went to Australia helped him a lot, and he's helping us right now. And same thing with Sanchez. He's uh, throwing 96, 97, left-handed pitcher with a really good curveball. He's, uh, you know, the mound pressing is really nice, and command has, got, has gotten better. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention a couple of college guys who I think are doing a, a solid job as well, Caleb Sampson and Alan Strong. Very solid pitchers, very solid. I, You know, they probably don't, they don't have the power to fastball, but their command is, you know, all these pitches are really, it's really good. I mean, it's impressive. They remind me those old guys that you know, like Maddox, they rely on on command. They those guys are really, you know, they hit their spot. They they compete out there, and they they're doing a really good job. Well, I wish you a lot of luck in the second half. I know the organization is doing real well across the board in terms of wins and losses, and hopefully, uh, second half results in a playoff spot for uh, the Bowling Green Hot Rods. Thanks very much for some time. Thanks for having me, Neil. Thank you very much. That is Bowling Green manager Ronaldo Ruiz, and the Rays have several pitching prospects on that club and throughout the system. And last homestand, I sat down with Dewey Robinson, the minor league pitching coordinator. Now, last week, we had his thoughts on Brendan McKay. Now, let's hear what he has to say about several prospects below McKay, beginning at double-A with 6'7 righty Sam McWilliams. Well, I was really glad to see us get him back from Kansas City. You know, they rule five of them off of us, and he went to Major League Camp with them, so he kind of got a late start coming back because he had very few innings with them in spring training. So he had to have a spring training with us. So he kept him and extended for a couple of weeks to build him up. And now he's really just coming into to his own. And I have to give a lot of credit to our pitching coach in Montgomery, R.C. Lichtenstein, who sped up his delivery, got him much more aggressive. And you're seeing much better stuff, a different guy out there, different animal, and it's really if you look at his numbers the last four or five starts, it's a different guy, so he's uh, he's on our radar now. Certainly. And that whole pitching staff in Montgomery has done very well, especially some of the starters. Kenny Rosenberg is a guy who not many people are speaking about, but the left-hander's putting up some really good numbers. Yes, uh, I've been real excited about him too. Uh, he showed up in spring training the best shape he's ever come in. His stuff has been better. He's a, he's a four-pitch guy, and he's learning how to pitch at that level and, and just filling up the strike zone with fastballs and, and force and contact, force and swings, and he's put in put put together a real good first half. There are three guys who've been promoted to that level, all, all at different points, but all fairly recently. Josh Fleming is one, a left-hander, and then you've got Paul Campbell and Riley O'Brien, who all seem to be holding their own in their first stint in Double A. Yes, uh, Josh Fleming is a left-hander. Uh, oh, I can't. You remember Burley with the White Sox worked real quick and threw strikes. That's that's kind of Josh's mo. He makes the hitters uncomfortable because he's going to work real quick and he's going to fill up the strike zone, so you better be be ready to swing the bat. So I've been real excited about him. 
Paul Campbell was just sent up. He's had his he's had one start. It was a good start, and he got his his first win under his belt. Riley O'Brien went went a little sooner. That's a guy with an electric arm, still fighting through some command issues, but good live fastball and, and a and a plus breaking ball to go along with it. Let's look at some of the guys at the lower levels now, and maybe one of the guys who really has jumped off the radar that people probably didn't talk about before the season is Joe Ryan. How good is his stuff? How good can the kid be? He can be real good. You're right. He did. He he flew under my radar. I just saw him a little in Hudson Valley last year, but uh, got a good look at him in spring training. A really live fastball. A lot of lot of carry. Uh, really sneaky. I mean, he's he'll be 92 to 96, 97, but it gets on you in a hurry. We jumped him from Bowling Green to Port Charlotte pretty quickly, and he's he's done real well so far. Just Again, getting him to a level where, okay, now he has to start using his breaking balls, start using his changeup to go along with that good fastball. And he's not the only one who you jumped up. Shane McClanahan was in last year's draft class, too, and he obviously excelled at Bowling Green. Yes, we're real excited about this this kid from South Florida, actually. Power arm from the left side. Um, We wanted to start him in, in Bowling Green to let him get his feet on the ground. Uh, pitching the cold weather, which is a factor, and he's done well, but we're excited about him also. And he's one of several interesting arms who've been moved up during the year. Michael Plassmeyer is a guy who came over in the Mike Zanino trade. As you've gotten to know him, what have you liked? He's a clone of, uh, like I said, Burley and Josh Fleming. Left-hander, works quick, throws strikes, good life on his uh, fastball. It's not going to be overpowering. It's just going to be a lot of movement, a lot of movement in the strike zone and force guys to swing the bat. So I've really liked what I've seen from him. And then a guy out of your bullpen, Simon uh, Rosenblum Larson, is a guy from last year's draft who I think is unique in terms of delivery, but he also has produced. A lot of unique things about Simon. Just first of all, his name. We call him SRL. But uh, he went to Harvard, by the way, and left after his junior year. He's the side armor that we've tweaked a little bit to get more movement. You know, a lot of our guys are north and south with Carey and Sink, but he's east and west with movement going, you know, into a right-hander with the fastball and away from him with the slider. So he's, he's been very interesting and tough to hit. Speaking of tough to hit, normally you guys are very patient with pitchers. Matthew Libertor was in last year's draft class, and while you kept him in extended for a little while, for him to already be in Bowling Green out of high school says something about his ability and his makeup. Well, there's a really light, a lot to like about Matt. Um, he's a four-pitch high school guy that can really spin it, and he's got velocity to go with it. He's a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, left-hander. He was one of the best high school kids I've ever seen come into a system. And we knew with his pitch ability he could go to a, um, a full-season team right away. One of the reasons we kept him and Shane Boz in extended for a month, it's easier to manage their innings that way. Um, it's a progression as these guys go through the through their career or or their levels to get to the big leagues. We, we have parameters that we want them to reach or guidelines to try to keep their workload under control without putting too much stress on. We can't eliminate the stress or risk. Uh, as you well know, there's injuries all over baseball, but at least this way we do it a little better. So I kept them down there 
to uh, work a little in extended, and now once they're in full season, we can turn them loose, and hopefully they're pitching in the playoffs somewhere. How good, since you brought up Shane Boz too, how good has he been? Because this is the first full year he's been in the race organization. Really excited about this young man. I, I can't say enough about the trade we made with Pittsburgh to get to get Shane Boz. He's the third player in the trade and a right-hander with an easy delivery, and the ball explodes. He can get up to 98. I've seen him twice now in Bowling Green, and with the slider, the fastball, he's, uh, stuff is under control. He's on the plate, and he's really done well. You've got two kids who are now in Bowling Green, in essence because of all the promotions, who spent um, the winter in Australia. Christopher Sanchez, a starter, and a reliever in Joel Peguero. What have you liked about each of them? Well, first of all, we've done something a little different last winter where we sent a couple of our young Latins over to Australia to get game competition, and it was really worthwhile. So when they came back, we put them on a little bit of a delayed schedule before we sent them to Bowling Green. But right now they're both doing real well. Christopher has had some spot starts, some uh, things like that, and and has covered innings and, and, and done real well. Joel has worked out of the pen at the back end of the bullpen. He's using his slider more and getting um, finishing games, closing games out for us. So pretty excited about both of them, too. You've, you've had success with some back end bullpen guys from Latin America. Does he compare in terms of stuff to any of the, the guys you've had come through? Yes, he does. Uh, that's such such a long shot when you're thinking about low A to project him to be a you know a back end of the bullpen guy I mean you could look at column a years ago we had him as a starter all the way through our system and he was able to develop his pitches and then he winds up closing all these years so yes I guess there is a similarity there and one other guy that you traded for Caleb Sampin also first year getting to know this kid he's excelled in Bowling Green what do you like about him well, his movement on his, his fastball is exceptional. He's got this little cutter and, and sinker, so it, his fastball will go two different ways. Nice little curveball, a changeup. He's a four-pitch guy and just attacks the strike zone. And again, I'm, I almost sound like a broken record with the pitching staff at Bowling Green that have been really excited about it. And we've moved four guys out of there already, and we replaced them with good, as good or better guys that have stepped in. So it's exciting, especially at the lower levels for us. And that's minor league pitching coordinator Dewey Robinson. Special thanks to him and all the guests on our program, Willie Adamas, Doug Wechter, along with Jeff Smith and Ronaldo Ruiz. If you ever have something you want to hear on the show, tweet me at Neil Solons. For producer Derek DuBose, I'm Neil Solons. Stay tuned. The pregame show is next on the Rays Baseball Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazon's 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.